The mighty Pac-12, undefeated in the first week of non-conference play, carried that undefeated streak deep into Saturday night until Arizona finally blew it for everybody by losing in overtime at Mississippi State. But it was still a great week for the conference. We had the Cougs, monster win at home. Jake Deckert completes the double over his home state, Wisconsin Badgers. We're going to talk about all that and more in this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick this week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. And let's kick it off. In the Coliseum for a real garbage game. USC and Stanford. USC were monster favorites, and I I know I was on Stanford because it was like 29 points, and I was like, no way, dude, no way. USC crushed them 56-10, to 10, non-contest, 49-3 at the half, and a gentlemanly second half for USC, which is nice to see out of them after what they pulled last week against uh, whoever it is that they were playing. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I are both on the wrong side of this one, having watched Stanford, you know, perform reasonably well at Hawaii and, and you know, equip, you know, equip themselves nicely there. Figured they'd go into the Coliseum for one final, um, you know, go at this uh, rivalry for a bit and, uh, you know, play it, play it close. They did not do that. They, they looked like, they looked like poo. Um, and USC kicked the living shit out of them. <laughs> yep, that, that'll fucking teach them. You know what I mean? It's, this ain't Hawaii. Uh, next up, we had the first of uh, three uh, Pac-12, Big 12 matchups that we're going to see. Uh, Utah and Baylor, a surprisingly close game down there in Waco, where I believe it was super-duper hot. Probably. That sounds right. Yeah. I don't know. So I, was, I forget what I was watching, but... Uh, uh, I think I was watching the end of some other game. I think Wisconsin-Washington State or something might have been about the same time. And once I felt, you know, satisfied that Washington State had that one in the bag, I flipped it over to Utah Baylor, and Utah were down seven in the fourth quarter and looking like they couldn't do a thing on offense. Second week in a row without Cam rising for them. But, I mean, when I turned on the game, they marched down for, like, two touchdowns on their two drives, including one, like, 88-yard eight plus minute drive to try the game then Baylor gets the ball back and uh one of one of the most you know I mean basically have overtime locked up right because Utah can't do chunks that they can only score by doing like an 88 yard drive and I'm like Utah got him in like a third and long situation in the Baylor quarterback you I mean you could have seen this interception happening three minutes before it happened and he just tossed one up Utah got it and they managed to just pound it in for another one for the winning margin. And then you thought, this game is surely over. Baylor gets the ball back. They get a huge chunk play. Uh, when you're thinking like, oh, we just got to, you know, get it in range where we can throw a Hail Mary. Their last play, they were on like the Utah 20. They went like, you know, 60, 70 yards in like 20 seconds. And they had a throw into the end zone. A lot of contact. The Baylor people... Uh, we'll say it was pass interference all day. I root for the Pac-12, so I say, you know, you got to let them play out there. You don't want the refs deciding this. Uh, pass falls incomplete. Utah escapes. 12th ranked Utah escapes with a nice road non-conference win. Yeah, I mean, Utah's 
putting together a nice uh, non-conference slate. They got a gimme this week, but now they've got Florida and at Baylor under their belts. That's, you know, they're not going to be too many uh, power five teams that are coming out of the non-conference slate with, with a better uh, track record than that. So, you know, a little concerning that Cam Rising's still not back. And they certainly, if that offense is what they bring to the table in the Pac-12, they're going to lose some games. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, they got through. They got through it. They're going to get through this week without much of a without much of a hassle. And so, you know, I think if you're Utah, you just job done onto the onto the conference schedule after this week's uh, gimme against Weber State. Yep. And then uh, we next up, Pac-12, Big 12. We had Oregon travel to Lubbock. Also terribly hot. Uh, Oregon took an 18 to th- uh, 13 lead into the half, but Texas Tech. Uh, a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter, or in the third quarter, rather. They had a lead. Oregon had to get the business done late, uh, and they did. They got it to 31-30, to 30, so it was still inside the number for Texas Tech, but then Texas Tech throws a pick six uh, towards the end there uh, to account for the final margin. 38-30. to 30. I say good, good win for the Ducks, right, going on the road against a, a power conference team and Getting it done. Now, did Texas Tech lose to Wyoming last week? Sure. But they were on the road. You know, it's a good win. You just got to win these games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's it's a Big 12 opponent. Their stadium was jacked up. You know, the Ducks are coming in. They're going to be a big show for, you know, that they're going to sell that out um, and want to show the Pac-12 what they got. And Texas Tech is not a pushover program by any stretch of the imagination. You know, they may not be great this year, but they certainly got some talent. Yeah. Um, I mean, absolutely. You take that win all day if you're Oregon. That's like the perfect non-conference road game scenario. You're playing a team that's not as good as you, you know, but, you you know, so you feel like you've got the talent edge. You go in there. It wasn't, uh, you know, completely uh, stress-free for Oregon. Like you said, they they kind of dicked around a little bit, and, and you know, at the end, they that, well, that pick six kind of created yeah. the margin, but – you know, they ultimately they get out of there with a the win. That's all anybody cares about. And you know, similarly that this week they're they're at home against Hawaii, I think, or something. So they're they're home free. Um, you know, like great non conference slate. I mean, they looked like they were going to lose for a second there in the second half. But yeah, and then you see the yeah. videos of their players flicking off the uh, Texas Tech fans. I don't have a problem with that. I'm sure those people were saying all sorts of things. Yeah, there's probably some racism going on there that yeah. they were responding to. So I don't, I don't have a problem with it either. <laughs> so it's, it's, that is what it is. Uh, uh, Oregon State had an easier time. They were at home against uh, FCS UC Davis, and this went how you would expect. Uh, we had what forty-eight zero going into the fourth quarter. They trade touchdowns for a final margin of fifty-five to seven. Um, I think uh, Martinez for Oregon State, I believe I saw, has a streak of like eight straight 100-yard games rushing the ball. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, this, there's, you can't take anything from this game, unfortunately, because it's UC Davis. No, I saw know? that on a ticker, and I was half listening to it. It might not be true, but I'm willing to report it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll accept it as fact. Um, it passes muster for my end. Um yeah, good for him. Oregon State, they, you know they, they're they're having it. Their their non conference slate is pretty soft, honestly. Like they played, you know who they play in week one. They played at San Diego State, right? Is that yeah, right? that's kind of a game. 
or San Jose? Was it San Diego? San, San Jose, Jose State. State is who they played. They were at San Jose State. Yeah, they beat them up. Then they were now they're home against UC Davis. And then this week they got San Diego State at home, minus twenty four and a half. So yeah, I mean, all right. They they took care of business. We'll we'll call it good, but um, you know, a little bit a little bit to be desired from their their non conference slate. I wonder if a power five team like canceled on them. It's quite possible, dude. If you were like a team that was like going through some things, you want to get Oregon State right off your schedule because they are in business right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly how you wind up with UC Davis on your on your schedule if something like that happens. Yep. Next up, we have Washington State. They were at home on the Palouse to a ranked Wisconsin team. I think I saw it was like maybe their first home game against a ranked non-conference opponent ever. Really? Yeah. Because like, that's, who's ever going there? Nobody. That's their problem. Yeah. That's the, that, that in a nutshell is the entire issue that they have and why they. At this time next year, they might not be playing like a football game because yeah, they're not in the conference. So, uh, you know, kind of first, Cam Ward looks really solid running their offense, their defense for the second consecutive year. Those guys really fly around out there. Uh, Wisconsin doesn't have the most overwhelming offense. Uh, the Cougs, you know, they they take the win, thirty-one to twenty-two. Uh, Jake Dickert, the Wisconsin guy, goes two for two against Wisconsin. And just like, you know, I said it last week, he's just saying, hey, remember my name for future use. I'm only, you know, 40 years old, barely. I'll be around. And Michigan State Michigan State was like, okay, Jake, yep. we're going to call you real soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I caught a bad moment. I think I clicked this one on after halftime. And they had some yep. wide shots of Martin Stadium. Uh, I was very underwhelmed by the attendance. I'd be interested to see what they put the number at. Well, I think they put the number at 33 or something. They, they put the number at like a sellout. Um, but they, they is a constant complaint that I see on Washington State Twitter that they don't sell alcohol in the stadium, which means everybody leaves at halftime to go get their own. And then very few of those people who have left uh, return. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, that's why it's. I didn't want to make too big a deal of it. Uh, it's you know, I've, nobody said anything about it being a bad atmosphere. Uh, so yeah, why don't they sell booze in their stadium? We can. Yeah, UW does. I don't know. They it it's there's a lot of consternation on WSU Twitter about this. All right, the this box score I'm looking at does not say. Yeah, same um, to me. Um, yeah. uh, I want to say Washington State hasn't been terribly proficient at uh, running the ball to this point. I think second week in a row, Cameron Ward's their leading rusher. Um, uh, what I neglected to mention is that they do have a wildcat package with this Mateer guy that I've seen a couple weeks in a row now that yeah. they're trying to kind of manufacture some ground game through that. He only got the one carry in this game, but, uh, you know, I mean, you know, doing what you can, I guess. You know, they won both of their games, so what are you going to – nothing really to complain about. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're uh, a Wisconsin uh, Badger, uh, you did not anticipate that this home and home was going to uh, yield you two losses, you know. And Cougs just beat them twice, so that's good for them. It's awesome. Uh, next up, Colorado, uh, the the red hot in terms of like uh, national perception, the the true curiosity, pleasant surprise of the college football season. Colorado, after their huge upset against TCU, they hosted Nebraska. Uh, in a game that ends up being something of a blowout here. I mean, Colorado, 36-14. to 
uh, Shadur Sanders after the game, talking about feeling disrespected by Nebraska, by Matt Rule standing on the buff pregame. Didn't like it. But anyway. What do you mean? He stood on the buff? Where, what, what, what are you talking about? He stood they, like, on the logo they, at midfield while they were doing practice, and Shadur Sanders, I saw, had a quote about, you know, saying that that rubbed him the wrong way because, I mean, and you credit you credit Colorado's uh, tradition for this. He said that the buff means a lot to him because he's, he's a buff. Yeah, this guy's, guy's uh, bleeds Colorado Buffalo, you know, and he always has. Um, I was not aware that a coach standing at midfield pregame was controversial in any way. Not on but the logo, I, dude. Not on the logo, man. You can't. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to suggest that the uh, the Sanders are looking for slights. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that, like, he went over to the pen, like that little tiny enclosure where the buffalo was, and he stood on it. <laughs> stood on Ralphie. <laughs> stood there and was just like, "I'm going to watch the pregame from here." Yeah. You're like, "What? I'm what just, are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're you're locked in there right now. Yeah. You can't do anything." I'm on top of your live <laughs> buffalo right now. Yeah, yeah. But so the logo is less impressive to me. And again, I, I, I sort of feel like coaches kind of stand out at midfield pregame, like a lot of times. Yeah, in the <laughs> neighborhood of it. I didn't know it was a big deal, you know? Yeah, I wasn't aware that that was, uh, that was uh, prohibited at uh, Folsom Field. But good to know. It's good to know for future future reference. Yeah, but uh, on, on the field side of things, uh, Shadur Sanders almost 400 yards through the air. Um, how about less less of a game from Travis Hunter offensively? You know, three catches for 73 yards, so, like, super explosive. But uh, more of the Shooter Sanders show in this one. Um, yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, they throw it around. I mean, they're, they, yeah, I mean, they the look good. I'll terrible, be interested right? to see how, how, you know, they fare against better opposition. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they've gone 2-0, and and I think most people going into the season would have thought, and I was one of these people, would have thought they were going to be 0-2 right now. Oh, for sure. So, like, they're, they're doing great. Like, you can't complain about where they're at if you're, uh, if you're these guys. All right. Uh, next up we got Mississippi State was at home to Arizona, a little Pac-12 SEC action. Uh, Mississippi State was, like, in control, but Arizona stormed back late to force overtime but uh, too little, too late in the end. Mississippi State comes away with the 31-24 win. I'll be honest, I was watching other games at this time. I didn't. I, I just was kind of clicked over and saw that Mississippi State had won. Yeah, I'm with you on this. Um, you know, I, I think we both had anticipated Mississippi State was going to win this game fairly easily. So I think it's a a promising. Um, you know, a promising deal that, that they, that Arizona kept it close. Jaden Delora, uh, too many interceptions. He had four. That's in this game. what's jumping off the box score to me. That's it's no good. You throw four of those in a game that goes to overtime. I suggest that's no good. And it's a shame because otherwise a uh, great passing day. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that jumps off the box score to me is like in this day and age, a college quarterback with the line, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, they only threw 17 passes in this game. I mean, Mike, Mike Leach is well and truly gone. Dude, that is amazing. That I wonder how many FBS teams had fewer pass attempts than 17. I mean, like we're talking like Navy probably and like Air Force maybe. Yeah. But – Seventeen is about the bare minimum. Um, that's that's pretty nuts to me. Any, I mean, one hundred and sixty-two yards, three touchdowns. Though, I mean, Delora went for three forty-two on on forty-six attempts. 
but the four picks. So, I mean, I, I don't know. If you're an Arizona fan, I don't think you care about losing at Michigan or Mississippi State. You were always going to lose that game. And the fact that you got it to overtime is like a big win. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I think the game's only really notable for the conference at large is because it was the first loss we had, you know. There's some notable names. Montana Lamonius Craig uh, participated in this game, which I like that guy's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Mississippi State has a receiver named Jaquavius Marks. J-O apostrophe Q-U-A-V-I-O-U-S Marks. Jaquavius? Jaquavius? Jaquavius. Jaquavius spelled like it sounds. Jaquavius Marks? Yeah. Some good names. I yeah, like it. I like those You've too. You've got, uh, oh, we've got a really good one on the running backs for Mississippi State. Uh, pronunciation, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need some help. L-I-D-E-A-T-R-I-C-K. Lidatric. I, I would say Lidetric. Lidetric? Lidetric. Lid e, you're using that T twice. I would have thought there'd be a second T. Ladetrick. Ladetrick. Okay. Okay. Ladetrick Griffin. He had one carry. He lost two yards. So it wasn't a great game for him. But I do like his name. I like it too. I like All it right. too. Uh, good win for Mississippi State. And yeah, I mean, if you're not going to win, don't embarrass us. And Arizona certainly didn't do that. Uh, UCLA. Uh, Ladetrick <laughs> also had five catches for 83 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, not, I think for you. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out he had a good game. Yeah, let's just, give him I, was, I, just, I just saw that he was in the running back column, also in the receiving column, played better than Jaquavius. Must have been some kind of Ladetrick play. Yeah. Uh, UCLA. The Ladetrick um... package was uh, highly, <laughs> highly. Uh, I mean, that's five catches. That's like, that's more than uh, a quarter of their attempts. Like, you know. He was a target man. UCLA went on the road to San Diego State. Uh, and. Like we talked about last week, uh, Chip Kelly does the obvious thing. Dante Moore is your starting quarterback for UCLA. Ethan Garbers does not attempt to pass. I think one other UCLA quarterback played, but it wasn't Garbers. So uh, I did some like <laughs> light searching for transfer news, but didn't see any. Um, but yeah, uh, Dante Moore is here. He is what's going on in Pasadena. UCLA, nice win for them, 35-10. to 10. Colin Schley is the quarterback who is not Dante Moore, he completed one one pass for six yards. So the Garbers era is over in uh, UCLA. Well and truly gone. Yep. The guy's going to have to go down and, you know, fight for playing time with Sam Heard. Um. Yep. Yeah, okay, next up, uh, Auburn and California. Frustrating game. I, I had my eye on this one as opposed to Oklahoma State, Arizona State, which was the other night non-conference game. So I really thought Cal had a shot in this game. You know, I picked him. Uh, I don't know what the line ended up being that we picked on, but I fear that Auburn covered it. Uh, but Cal had their opportunities. Sam Jackson, the quarterback for Cal, does end up playing in this game, but he throws a couple picks. He was the guy that was injured last week against North Texas. Uh, we did get some Ben Finley action. Um, but, yeah, just this this is like a Cal offense. This is like a Cal game. Cal did cover. This was a six-and-a-half-point Auburn spread cow 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 that's right we were on the bears war damn bears yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love the war damn bears but yeah they scored 10 points in this game which is not sufficient um so there are uh, the rumors of their pending offensive explosions have been greatly exaggerated they are they are back to being terrible at offense at least for this week yeah so, i mean I'm, and it's just uh 
you know, it's just turnovers, man. I mean, and, and everybody was – I mean, these teams couldn't hang on to the ball. Cal throws two picks and loses a fumble. Uh, Auburn throws a pick and loses three fumbles. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, this is just uh, uh, two uh, developmentally disabled people trying to have intercourse. That's the polite way to say that. That's how that goes. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Good for, good for Cal for covering, but also bad on them for, uh, you know, following up Arizona and ruining a glorious start to the season. So that, that makes it two non-conference losses for the Pac-12. Let's make it lucky number three. Oklahoma State and Arizona State. Arizona State were the worst of the Pac-12 teams in week one as they uh, scuffled out a weird weather game against Southern Utah, I believe it was. Uh, Oklahoma State, 27 to 15 winners. Gundy show. Yeah, they probably kicked the crap out of them. Yeah. So here's the deal. ASU, ASU might be bad. Is what, is what I'm getting from this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So ASU, their quarterback. Uh, I was reading this they're week. They're in for a long. They're in for a long season. Their quarterback was a guy who had like a contract at Florida, like a like a three year yeah. NIL deal that they yeah, backed, they backed out on him when he got to campus. And he like at least I don't know if he did this, but there was like talk that he might sue for breach. <laughs> but instead, he he did he transferred to Arizona State, uh, where you know I mean just unremarkable. I mean very poor offensive day. They can't Arizona State can't find uh, three hundred yards of offense in this game, uh, and and Oklahoma State barely did. I mean this just looks like it was a tough watch. That's surprising. You you expect more out of a Gundy offense. I mean, Gundy's been there for, what, 15, 20 yeah, years Yeah, and they've had really, really good offensive teams, you know, under him. They can really pitch it around when they're on their game, but this, for whatever reason, does not appear to be it against a pretty meek opponent. That leaves us with one game to talk about. It was the Washington Huskies at home to Tulsa. Uh, and... I watched the first half of this game. I had to dip on the second half because I had to coach my uh, daughter's soccer team. 5-1 winners, 1-0. Deal with that, everybody. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, it it looked like Washington was, like, you know, established that they were going to be in control. Very sloppy in terms of receiver drops and, like, a weird Mike Penix interception. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the drop plays and fumbles from the receivers. Uh, They end up winning comfortably 43-10. Uh, but it seemed like there was a lot of meat on the bone. Yeah, I mean, the national uh, angle on this is going to be Washington blows out Tulsa. They damn near covered the 34-point spread. They won by the 33. Yeah. You know, for, for, for the people who matter in college football, the, the AP voters and, the you know, the whoever it is who submits the coaches poll for the coach at each school, Yeah. Um, Washington's going to get away with this, and everyone's going to be like, oh, Washington kicked the shit out of Tulsa. And they kind of did, but it was sort of a wasted afternoon to be, if we're being honest, like, like you said, they were pretty sloppy. Um, they didn't appear to be that interested. Uh, you know, the defense played well, that's, which is nice, but I looked it up after the game. Tulsa is, uh, was preseason selected to finish 11th out of 14 in their conference. Um, the AAC or whatever. So it's not like, it's not like, uh, this is the Boise state team that's, you know, projected to win the mountain West. You know, this is a bad Tulsa team. Yeah. Uh, they should, UW should beat them by 40, 45 points. 
Um, and they would have if they could catch the ball and if they, you know, would just execute a little better on offense. So Yeah, so I'd uh, say, yeah, definitely Washington kind of getting away with it out there and maybe a not fully interested effort. So, you know, could be just the opponent, you know, you uh, maybe the intensity of playing a major conference team next week kind of fixes some of those problems. Uh, you know, nice to win 43-10 to 10 and give your coach a lot of reason to start chewing on asses. I'm sure the asses were chewed. I saw today that the UW wide receivers coach – uh, said he felt like we lost the game. Good. Um, we, That's uh, what I want to hear. Yeah, he felt like we lost it. So I love it. All right, how we doing picks last week? Uh, you and I went seven and four. Worm went six and five. Tubby five and six. Adam six and five. Kellen four and seven. And Butchard zero oh and eleven. Get out! Did he just not pick? He didn't make his picks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And the one and the one that was made for him was the UW pick, uh, per the rules of the pod, and we were uh, one point away from a push and two points away from covering that. So I like it. So we get is Levine still on top for the year? He is. You got fifteen and eight. Uh, Worm right behind him at fourteen and nine. Uh, oh, you're at fifteen and eight also. So you're you're tied with Levine. Let's go right now for first. Yeah, and Butchard's in last at uh, 6 and 17. Yeah, it's going to be tough to come back from. All right, uh, let's get into this week's upcoming games. Starting off with a game everybody wants to see. Weber State and Utah on the Pac-12 Networks at 11 a.m. in Rice-Eccles Stadium. Utah's cupcake non-conference game. That's an FCS team, maybe? It is. There's no line. Free money. Utes, baby. All right, uh, next up, uh, FS1, Oregon State's going to host San Diego State. San Diego State team that just got it uh, handed to them by UCLA in their own house. Oregon State, 24.5-point favorites. Not seeing uh, overwhelming passing numbers coming from DJU, but, I mean, uh, Oregon State has a mean defense, and they run the ball. And they have to prove a point, right? I mean, they don't have the strength of schedule. I think I think they got to win this game big, so I'm going to take them to do so. Yep. Yeah, I'll do it too. I mean, that's that's All a right. big number. UCLA. It is. Bear, uh, yeah, I'll I'll take Oregon State in that one. I like them. We'll get it together. Uh, next up, we got Cal and Idaho, also on the Pac-12 networks. That's going to overlap with the Utah game. That must be on the regional Pac-12 network. Cal hosting an Idaho team. Idaho 2-0. Big sky now for Idaho. Idaho beat, and I think beat pretty soundly, Nevada last week. 33-6 winners at Nevada last week. That's for, that's for real. That's, I mean, like that's a, like a I mean, similar, Nevada's bad. A similar, that's a similar beatdown that like UDSC put on Nevada, right? Yeah. This Now, it's a bad Nevada team, but... Uh, I mean, if you, you're not like for a no line game, you're not you're like if, if Idaho were to win this, which I, I do not think they'll do. I'm picking Cal, but I'm going to see what kind of odds we get on Idaho. <laughs> I might, I might make an actual bet the other way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking about Idaho going into Nevada and winning 33 to six, like, Whoever the eligible receivers equivalent of of like Nevada's fan base, like that was a very sobering game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, I took my whole family to Montana a couple of years ago or three years ago. Yeah, and that was very sobering, was it, it was, not? That I, I, was a tough one. I sat there and was like, 
I think we're going to lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just watch it kind of slowly happen over the course of yeah, the year. Yeah, this doesn't look great. Yeah. yeah. They seem to yeah. be uh, jumping up and uh, getting in our faces afterwards. We don't seem to have much of a response. Yeah. It yeah. appears to be warranted. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I, we're gonna take you're gonna take Cal. It's actually yeah. There's no line in this game either because Idaho's FCS. But so we're gonna go with Cal. Yeah. And uh, my God, <laughs> you Bears! I swear to God, Bears! Yeah, I, swear to God. I swear to God, <laughs> I'll kick you right out of this right out of this ACC conference. <laughs> For the love of God, have some some pride in the ACC, Cal. You know what I've been seeing on uh, on. Uh, Twitter this week. I've been getting pushed content. ACC apparently has a TV deal with the CW. Yeah? Yeah. I'm like, I'll watch that. I love watching weird channels. Yeah. I love it I've when one seeing, of our games is on CBS Sports. I've been, I've been seeing a ton of uh, WSU and Oregon State Twitter like just crowing about their 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 court victory and how <laughs> they're going to take all the money and not going to do any distributions and all this other, all yeah. this other stuff. And I'm like, Okay, guys, enjoy it. Enjoy it now. It's gonna be fun for now. Yeah, like, I is, can't. Can you this believe is they, end. Won, they won a temporary injection in the home county of one of the two? <laughs> yeah, in front of an alumni yeah. who ran in front of one of their own alumni. It's amazing that they won that. Yeah, this is this is a, this is a marathon, not a sprint, guys. But it, it's a good win. Yeah. Like take it, take it where you can get yeah. it. I suppose. I'm sure. Yeah, there are other ten school. You know, the rest of the schools are like, well, hey, throw up your hands. You know, why do we got Al Lord? <laughs> I saw it. so today like that whole hearing was the, the the whole the whole conference like the other 10 schools their whole contention was they needed to um approve uh, employee retention plan and today the news was breaking that or the news broke that all 12 schools have agreed on the employee retention plan but then Washington state uh office of the president put out a statement saying Oregon state and Washington state have approved an employee retention plan and then Oregon state's president Put out the exact same thing, saying Oregon State and Washington State have approved an employee retention plan, and people are like, "Well, didn't everybody? Didn't everybody agree on that?" But they're like, "No, it was just us. Two votes That's matter. Like, That's it. That's it. That's all. Like, it doesn't even matter that the other ten have agreed." <laughs> Very. Like, I love this it. Is gonna get, like, this good is for get them. So ugly. Um, but it take, is it, take is. it out right. and start whipping it around. You guys are the conference. Yeah. There you go. All right, what's up? Uh, Northern Colorado next? traveling to Martin Stadium in Pullman. The now ranked Cougs. Uh, oh, I should have led with this. That the Pac-12 has eight teams in the poll this week in the AP poll. Seventy-five percent of our conference is ranked. It's pretty good. Yeah, for a conference that's not going to exist in six months. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't. They these these geniuses in uh, Manhattan and Los Angeles couldn't figure out how to sell this. Uh, yeah. Because it seems to be a good brand of football. Bunch well, of bunch of kick-ass quarterbacks throwing the ball all over the lot. Best best product there is. Yeah. Nobody wants it. Yeah. The problem right, is I'm, we have, we look at these actuarial tables. You know, when I go into SEC country, the likelihood that somebody's going to get murdered as a result of this game is like yeah. off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, down, out as we go west, it just decreases. Just decreases. People are going to get froyo and stuff after these games. Yeah, like, I win some, you lose some. Yeah, you got. I'm going to take WSU to beat Northern Colorado. I assume you're going to do the same. I am happy to do it. All right, it's a good pick. Uh, more, UCLA. more not non line games against a legitimately a school I did not know that had a football team. Northern Colorado? No, UCLA. 
Oh, they're playing North Carolina. North Carolina Central. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have you ever heard of that school? I believe it's an HBCU. North Carolina Central. We're going to get to the bottom of this. I've never, I, you know, I mean, it's you a public and I watch historically it. black university in Durham, North Carolina. You and I have watched a lot of college football over the years. I cannot recall ever having seen this team. Yeah. Like the, the only HBCUs I'm like readily familiar with were the ones that would play in the, in their championship game. So I'd see a lot of Grambling state, yep. uh, some Morehouse, you know, some Howard, mm-hmm. uh, not a lot of North Carolina central. I've never heard of North Carolina Central. They're coming to L.A. That should be a nice trip for them. Yep. UCLA is probably paying them handsomely to do so. Yeah, for um, sure. And there's no line. UCLA is going to win. Yep. That's my, my yeah, that's, that's again, that ain't no Idaho-Cal scenario. No. <laughs> uh, Hawaii, traveling to Oregon. Uh, uh, I swear to God, Cal, if you... <laughs> they might do it. I am going to go hunt for, like, a real line on that game. Uh, uh because uh, I think there's there's an opportunity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oregon at home to Hawaii. Oregon are 37.5-point favorites. Uh, not overwhelming on the road against a uh, Texas Tech team that we're not sure is great, but Hawaii uh, looked frisky a little bit against Vanderbilt, uh, got their doors blown off against Stanford. Uh, we are into the slog for Hawaii. Uh, I'll take every uh, – I'll lay every one of these points and not care about it. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon's going to kick the shit out of these guys. They're, and, and they've already proven that they want to do this, that they want to beat everybody as badly as they can. Yep. So this is this is going to be another one of those, those beatdowns. Yep. Uh, another no-line game. Stanford hosting Sacramento State. Sacramento State's 2-0. Oh, I'm going to check. I'm going to take the temperature of these games. No. <laughs> First one against Nichols. Second one against Texas A&M. Com... Commerce doesn't sound right. That's this. It's commerce. I there was a there was a uh, there's another Ben. There's some Ben uh, who has a song called Commerce Texas. That's like a good little song. It's not Ben Folds. Ben Queller. Um, okay. Good song. Uh, that's my take on that game. Uh, Give me Stanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sac State, I'm not impressed. Stanford's got to get this win. I'm, I'll take them as well. Uh, how about a little Rocky Mountain Showdown? Uh, I feel like, weren't they playing this one in the Broncos Stadium for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, they were. Well, now we're playing it at, at, at Folsom Field. The buffs are ranked. The buffs are climbing. Nothing can stop the buffs. Colorado State has only played once. They got boat raced by WSU. Uh, Colorado are 23-point favorites. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. This So this game is the big noon. The big noon crew is at this game, even though it's not the big noon game this week. Yeah. So the, th- the third week in a row, effectively, that the Fox crew is at Colorado because they were at the TCU game, and then last week they were at Folsom Field. And now they're back. So the third week in a row. College game day. Said, fuck it. Let's go. We're going. College game day is at Colorado this week. For this horse shit game, yeah. college game day is going to this. Like, Deion Sanders has taken over 
college football. Look at the ticket prices. Oh, I'm sure they're abs- I'm sure they're absurd. They're th- the low price is $188 to get in the door for this game. Unbelievable, dude. This guy this guy has completely changed like the game. They he's got Urban Meyer and Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart and Kurt Herbstreet and Lee Corso and whatever the McAfee. I mean, like they are all going to pay homage to Prime. Yeah, he's gonna be like, I'm giving, I'm giving one interview. A, Pick your best it's two a fight. Terrible game. Yeah, and, and he's like, no, come here. I think the big noon game is like Illinois. Penn State or something. It's like it's like gross. It's not even. It's not. Yeah. It's not even like. And they're like, we're not going to that. We're staying in Folsom. We're yeah. not. Even, we're not even going to leave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm going to admit something because I'm. I want to be honest. Uh, I'm just lying in the weeds, ready to start hating on this. <laughs> when this turns, and I remain confident that it will. Oh, I'm ready. They're going to have, I mean, like, they, they have caught a huge break with TCU being bad and Nebraska's terrible. Now, they're way better than I think anybody thought. Oh, for sure. But they, sure. Have, they have, like, a two-week stretch where they're, like, at USC or, or uh, home against USC and then at Oregon or, it's, like, vice it's versa. It's worse than that. I mean, like, they're, they're – and it starts uh, next week after – so Colorado State at home, then they are at Oregon uh, and then home against USC – then they get mm-hmm. at Arizona State, home against Stanford, a couple weeks off. Then it's at UCLA, home against Oregon State, break against Arizona. Then they're going to Pullman, and then they're at Utah. Those all feel like losses to me, except for Arizona State and Stanford. Yeah. Maybe Arizona. That's going to be a game. That's the that's the game where I like they feel like they could win that one. Yeah. And I think they could beat ASU, and I mean – they they'll be bowl eligible. They if they win three of those games, yeah, motherfuckers will be six and six. But that's going that's going to gonna like, take some doing, I think. Going to like the Peach Bowl, like whatever, like yeah, a BCS yeah, yeah. bowl. <laughs> Surprising uh, playoff participant. Yeah, yeah. At six and six, but people just want to see it. Yeah, that's just what the, that's just what the fans want. We're in a television business, after all. Uh, Fresno State, uh, we're getting into the night games on FS1. They are traveling to Arizona State. Fresno are three-point favorites in this game. Uh, I have not liked what I've seen from Arizona State, and I will take Fresno. Uh, 100% agree with you. I'm going to take Fresno as well. I've yet, uh, Fresno has won at Purdue, and then they won very close against Eastern Washington. Both of their games were very close games. It's Jeff Tedford, dude. I'm going to take him over Kenny Dillingham every day of the week. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Um, I mean, they just have a winning culture in Arizona State's trying to build one. Uh, UTEP in Arizona, the nightest night game, uh, 8 p.m. kickoff, Pac-12 Classic. Why is this game on? At I mean, it's just nobody else would show it. Normally, you get an 8 p.m. start in the Pac-12. It's because, you know, FS1's it's looking like, to fill some air. Yeah, we're going deep here. We're like <laughs> This is only a mother could love this. I will probably end up watching a lot of it because that's really in a nice time slot for me. Um, yeah. Arizona are 18 point favorites in this game. Uh, I like them to cover it. I mean, I think the they've been able to move the ball even, you know, in the loss against Mississippi State. Jaden Delora, take away the 8,000 interceptions he threw. He, you know, he was pitching the ball up and down the yard. I want to get on the other side on this one and take UTEP to cover. I think this is the one disagreement that we're having on this. 
got to have more of these. We got to get on the other side of some of these. So UTEP, Arizona. I'll be up as well, probably watching this. It'll be great. Um, You're back in a UTEP team that just lost 38-7 to at Northwestern. Dude, Northwestern, everybody knows playing at Northwestern is hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just walk into Northwestern and – I mean, you probably do. But the I'm most, gonna back they are the most scandal-ridden program in college football heading into the season. Washington this week travels to Michigan State. Wait! <laughs> uh, we've got trouble. We've got trouble in East Lansing. I don't like it, dude. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> I don't either, dude. No, I don't, like, was... I, I... Okay. Uh... Uh, believe women all, all on board with that. Okay. What, uh, uh, it, it sounds like we're on the road to Mel Tucker getting what's coming to him, even leaving aside the unique history of that institution with similar in- incidents. I mean, what the most, you know, I mean like worse, worse than the Penn state thing. He's, I mean, like with the uh, with the gymnast doctor. Uh, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what we're talking about. It's a, yeah, I mean, they're, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I'll never be in a position in my life where someone puts a piece of paper in front of me at a desk that says the words like ten years and ninety five million dollars on it. Yeah, and all I have to do is sign it, and then the the person on the other side of the table or whoever they represent is then obligated to pay me that like pretty much uh you know without like any exceptions like they have to pay me that money so long as i do like very basic things show up for the job like get a vaccine yeah yeah show up for the job like i can't you know you know like there's things you can do obviously like uh, i think i heard on another podcast like the uh, the most obvious like a dui or something is like you know but um here's the deal at nine and a half million dollars a year, I'm hiring a person to drive me places. Yep. Like I'm not even going to risk that. Like yeah. I'm not even. I'm not going to put that on the table. That's not even an option for me. Yep. Like I'm gonna. You know, if I have to go hobnob with with alumni and it's going to be a thing where I'm having beers with them, okay. I'm gonna. There's gonna be a driver for me at every one of those things, and that's just that. That's just me. That's an insurance policy that I have to protect, like you know, a ninety-five million dollar contract, like. This is like the other thing, like, you know, I mean, there's obviously other things you could do, like breaking, you know, you could go murder somebody, you could go rob a bank or, you know, like all the stupid yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. But like, in terms of like outright stupidity, this is like the other way that I like that you could do it, which is like, you hired this person, her background is a, as a, you know, a survivor of sexual assault. Yep. Um, she now goes to schools and, uh, you know, and gives them gives talks about, you know, respecting women and doing all of that. I have to think that that that's probably done for her um, based on the facts of this particular situation. Um, you know, just because she, it does sound like it was consensual for a while and then it wasn't and, you know, like he's not even arguing that. I mean, it's like just a weird deal. So I think it's just a weird you know, deal. I would assume that most schools are going to probably not hire her to do that talk anymore. But um, but in any event, she comes and does this. Lots of schools have had, I think UW has had her. She's gone to Oregon State and done it. I know that Michigan had her. I mean, most of the schools have had her come and do the talk. Yeah. Like if you're Mel Tucker and you're uh, estranged from your wife, which is what he's saying, and like, like 
that's understandable like you that you would want a companion and you you know like that like okay like, it yeah, just I don't think it can't be this person it just can't be this one person like yeah. it just can't be this one person yeah like is that is that so much to ask like and if it has to be because she's your soulmate in the in life then you have to go through hr and say hey i got a a problem for you that i want to kind of workshop yeah remember this person that we had to come give the talk on the on you know to the team about respecting women outside well it turns out we hit it off and we're and we're like we kind of have a relationship and like what do i need like what do we need to get you know because she was hired by the university and i can have some control it's like is there a way that that i can clear this so that we can like have a relationship yeah you need i mean or yeah or like you can't be yeah because like i'm not gonna plenty of these coaches you know what i mean just as anybody anywhere in the world like adults are like you know not as faithful as we'd like them to be regarding their marital vows, you know, in, in certain instances, it's not unique to college football coaches, but, uh, uh, but like, yeah, I mean, you just like, you can't, you're just, unfortunately, exactly as you're saying, a part of you getting this $95 million is that in, you have to, in a lot of ways, you know, just to be, just be a basically decent person, you know? So like you're not allowed to be estranged from you're allowed to be estranged from your wife, but you're not really allowed to be. It's probably frowned upon to be having public relation public relationships with people, even who aren't like the sexual assault speaker. Like just get a divorce. Let's make this official, so we can move on. You know what I mean? Then you can really say yeah. it says respect my privacy. Da da da. You know and like let's keep it above board. And if we have to have a relationship with this person, exactly what you're saying. Let's talk to HR and clear it. And I imagine they tell you, well, you better decide pretty quick how serious this is. And I would like you to make it a government relationship as soon as possible. And that way, nobody can really say anything about it. Or or you get them to say like, yep, okay, thank you for telling us. And she's on board. Yeah, okay, she's on board. Okay, all right. Well, this this we're, oh, we're okay with this because you guys are consenting adults. And then you know what? Then your $95 million contract is no longer in danger. Yeah. But, but you don't do that. And, and you wind up in a situation where it seems like some some form of shenanigans were going on with this phone call and you were doing some dumb stuff. And and now, like, it, your $95 million contract is is in jeopardy. And, and let's bring it full circle back to the game on Saturday with UW. Here's what pisses me off about this, is that, like, I watched Mel Tucker come into Husky Stadium last year with Michigan State yeah. and coach them, and they were fucking terrible, okay? Yeah. They were awful because they didn't have Kenneth Walker anymore. Turns out Kenneth Walker is quite talented. Ninety-five million dollars. Um, he'll he'll never were, see a fraction of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, he got he got Mel Tucker that contract. He's very good running back. They didn't have him anymore, and as a result, they were kind of dog shit. Um, and I was perfectly content in the notion that we were going to go to East Lansing on Saturday, and Mel Tucker was going to coach their team, uh, and they were going to suck because because that appears to be like how that guy rolls he's a shitty coach um got the contract not a great coach now they've got now you know like now they got this interim thing like I, they screwed this up for me i'm i'm like less confident now than i was before when he was just the coach yeah i mean i mean and this is a worse michigan state team i believe than the one we saw last year uh their top receiver, Keon Coleman, who did end up having a good game against Washington, he's since transferred to Florida State, uh, where he's a star player for them. Uh, Bernard was one of theirs, right? 
Yeah, Jeremy Bernard was one of their better receivers last year as a true freshman. Back in Washington now, he, he came to Washington, left, and then transferred back. You know? like, And he's, like, good as hell, and he's probably, like, Washington's fourth wide receiver. And he'd rather be the fourth wide receiver at Washington than the first wide receiver at Michigan State. I mean that's how bad they are. Yeah, I mean I th- I mean this is a this game is just a, a tough look for Michigan State. That I mean this is the sort of thing that just like if you're a fan going to the game, uh, it's just got to bum you out. No, there's going to be no juice in that stadium. They're all going to be there. Like what the hell? Like, yeah. Why, why did this happen to us? Like, you know, Michigan State's got lots of money. They've got several billionaires who support that program. They'll be fine. Whatever deal they come up with with Mel Tucker, they'll be fine. They'll get through it. But this is just going to suck the life out of this year. And ultimately, it may be a positive for him because it turns out it looks like Mel Tucker was a terrible coach and he had this contract that he can't just get out of. Um, and so they might actually go get themselves a Jake Dickert or a Jonathan Smith or a Pat Narduzzi or it's like a, a better coach now, and they'll be better in coming years as a result of this. I don't know. I just I don't like it from a Washington standpoint. I, I, I honestly just wanted Mel Tucker to still be the coach when Washington went there and up until like four days to go, it never even occurred to me that he wouldn't be, but here yeah. We yeah. And that, and that's a, that's another point you raise about him not being a great coach. Is that like, you know, I mean, this is like an unspoken thing, but I think this is true. There's a list of things you can do if you're winning 10 and more games a year. Yep. And then there's a, then there's a shorter list of things you're allowed to do. If you go five and eight, like they did last year, especially if you have a $95 million contract. Like yeah, the amount yeah. of the fences you have to put up to make sure you get that money uh, need to be sturdier if you're going to have a losing season. Yeah, yeah, you need to you need to hunker down. You need to go into defense mode. You're gonna you're gonna be dealing with a lot of irate boosters uh, all the time, and you just need to be, you know, captain cliche, boring guy. You know, you probably got to put the golf clubs away. Yeah, in the offseason a little bit, which is kind of a bummer, but that's how that goes because you're getting $95 million. That's, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. You just got $95 million. I I have had to stop playing golf because I have two small kids. I don't get to play golf that much anymore. It sucks. Yeah. Sign a 10-year contract, $95 million bucks. Every year that you win 10 or more games, you can play as much golf as you want. The years that you don't, you got to put the golf clubs away. Yep. It's just that's how it goes, you know? Yep. Uh, in terms of the game, I, don't, I mean, Michigan State really hasn't played anybody the first two weeks. Uh, not, I mean, Washington play, Boise game. I think you know could still end up being a decent, decent opponent, even though Boise lost to UCLF last week. Uh, but that's, I think, Michigan State played against like Central Michigan and Richmond. Uh, they weren't overwhelming in either. That Central Michigan game kind of stayed close, relatively late, is my recollection. Yeah, Michigan State. Went into halftime leading ten to seven. Seventeen seven yeah. going into the fourth. I mean, and then they, you know, attack on a couple scores to kind of make it look right. But uh, you know, they're lost their best receiver. I don't really know. I mean, this is such a circus. I think it, I I kind of take a different view than you. I mean, I think that like that this only at least for this week makes them worse. I just feel like I I just feel like like Washington's going to play worse. Washington and and I have firsthand experience in this because. Last year before the Arizona State game, they fired Herm Edwards. They had an interim coach. Washington goes down and loses to a freaking terrible Arizona State team because they look like they just lost focus. Yeah, I, that's why I have a, I have a bad uh, taste in my mouth from that. And now you got Mel Tucker, uh, you know, again like it, it, just so dumb. Um, uh, did you see all the Christian Capel stuff this week? 
about the grass? No. Oh yeah, but we're not great on grass. Yeah, I was like, I, what I like is like home team journalism, where you're like, you're like interested in something, but I feel like the motivation is like, let's fix this problem. Here, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but we fucking suck on grass. So what the fuck are you doing about it? And then he has to be like, well, we're gonna get him on grass this week before the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I like that. Like, but you kind of get like, you're like, God damn it, we do suck on grass. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> yeah. We gotta fix this grass thing. I mean, why don't we just have grass in Husky Stadium? I don't understand. Like, we could have grass, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we're just too used to the turf. The biggest concession we were gonna make was the field turf. You remember that? You remember that concrete it used to be? I used to play sports on that. It was painful. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. That no I, mean, was... I mean, like, just getting. You know, I mean, imagine being like, you know, the the Portland State back in the day yeah like you know just the the lambs to the slaughter game and then you're getting lit on that yeah, surface getting lit up by jeremiah farms yeah <laughs> lawyer malloy like yeah like Ugh. i'm surprised they didn't break anybody in half yeah uh, all right well we, rules of the pod we're gonna take you dub in that game i uh, feel i feel good about that i'd bet this game for washington Ah, not me. I would not. I mean, Sixteen points is too much. I just, I have. Re- I did read that Michael Penix. It's his third trip to East Lansing because he played those those years at Indiana, and apparently he's dominated them both times he's been there. So he likes it there. So that's good. He, that's important. Um, he's uh he's very integral to our offense. So. <laughs> I love it, man. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers for Eric. I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.